And we are back once again, Rogue Table Talks. Numero number 94. 94. Oh, number 94. We were in sync. Yes, we almost said, what is it, Jinx? Jinx. Buy you a Coke. What is that? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's been Jinx, so long you owe me ago. a Coke. And then you can't talk you until someone unjinxes you, technically. Right, which yeah. would be difficult for podcast with two people at the very beginning of a podcast. Yeah, because someone, <laughs> someone else has to unjinx you. <laughs> I suppose I could try to text somebody there and say, hey, you got to yeah. go unjinx hey, Mike. D- uh, yeah, I made a mistake. I made a mistake. I jinxed Mike two minutes into our podcast. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yes, yeah, so we are going to talk a little bit about um, transformation. Uh you know, we're sort of in the, you know, I don't know, it's culture of personal discovery, personal growth, um, uh, personal self-expression, uh, sort of all bound up together in what maybe can be slightly contradictory. Um, mm-hmm. At least that's what I, I think possibly. Um, and we're going to do it through the lens of a wee little man, <laughs> a wee little man in the Bible. The wee little man. The wee little man. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. A wee little man was he. How like uh, when when Jesus comes back and we see Zacchaeus, you think he'll be tired of that? <laughs> you think he'll get frustrated? Like I'm so okay. sick of you guys calling me yeah. short. <laughs> First day in heaven, we got some rules. Just this, we're not singing this song. You, you had all of Earth time to sing it. We're in eternity now. We're done. Yes, I. <laughs> Oh, Again did... with the song! Again <laughs> with the song! <laughs> I'm not that short! <laughs> anyway. Uh, yes, yes. So, yes, a... Um, it's probably a side note here about how we tell Bible stories to children and maybe come to view them as children's stories. When this obviously isn't a children's story at all. Uh, I mean, it's a story you can tell to children, but... Uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's a story about it's you know it's not a story about Zacchaeus kept trying, uh, <laughs> whatever you know <laughs> he didn't give up. <laughs> well, that's that's maybe a part of the story, but um, so yeah, let's talk about. I mean, just culturally, you know, we're in this personal growth, personal self discovery uh, sort of culture. Um, you know, is that how we view our faith or is that how some people, like, was that the attraction uh, for some of faith or what do you think? Yeah, I think, th- I think it is. Um, I think it's always difficult to talk about individualism and the community aspect of faith in, uh, I would say in our culture, in our in our history in the West, just because we've elevated the individual and my needs and my wants and my self-actualization, to borrow a little bit older phrase, but self-expression, self, you know, authenticity, to thine own self be true. The the challenge with all of this is it's it's not all wrong, right? It's not all bad. I would just argue that it's usually not in the context of community it's usually not in the context of what the bible uh, places us in in order to find our identity it's almost backwards it's i'm going to start with self 
and find my dreams and longings and authentic um, expressions. And the Bible says that's that's a great that's not a bad thing. It's a great thing, except it starts with community first. You find your identity in this redeemed community, and you find your calling and vocation as a part of this mission, and then you begin to figure out why you're here and what you're about. But I think we've got it reversed, and I do think it gets us into all sorts of trouble. So, Yeah, I think that's right. I do think that's a key key point, that in our culture we don't even think about other people it's personal growth it's personal transformation it's not within the context of my family my church community even my workplace it's um my brand it's almost like my brand man people think of their career this way i gain these skills not to benefit the company i'm working for but to build my brand so either the company i'm working for has to pay me more money or i go somewhere else and you know, I, the brand that I've developed is, you know, furthering my interests, and we call that growth, professional growth. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I think it might all might be the opposite of it, it can be the opposite of professional growth, um, and I think that's partly, you know, what you're saying gets to you know one of the, I think the deeper truths of transformation is that. Um, it's it's change which means different from where you are now which means probably something you don't want i mean part of transformation is something you don't want it's probably going to cost you something or else it's really not transformation it's just more of you it's like a mag you know we we tend to say i think here's a magnified view of me or a view of me with a bigger platform or a view of me that's more more famous more widely known more whatever, but it's the same me, that's not really transformation or growth. That's just more. You know? I think that's, an, that's a really good point because I've, I've really wrestled with this because when I see a lot of the conversations about becoming your best self and the best version of yourself, it's not that I have a problem with that line or that conversation. I think that's what Christ redeems us to do and to be is, is a better mm-hmm. version, like a redeemed version mm-hmm. Um, living out who uh, he's called me to be. But I think you bring up a parting uh, point from a post-Christian, non, uh, non-Christian, if you will, meaning of that phrase and what I would, what I would say that where the Bible calls us to. And to me, it's this. I don't hear any sense of sacrifice or pain or humiliate, like good humiliation, like ego humiliation. It feels like I'll just be more and more me out loud and and greater and greater. It feels like ego exaltation as opposed to mm-hmm. what I think is true transformation, which is ego humiliation and dying to self. Mm-hmm. Um, it may not be, it, 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 and again, you know, that it may be that you still have a platform, but you're you're not driving to get the platform. Right. It's it, there's a yeah. different reason and different right. motives. But that's what I don't hear in those uh, current conversations outside of Christianity, honestly. Yeah, I mean, it's very, very countercultural. The idea that, um, you know, Jesus wants us to have our best life now. You know, he says, I come that you might have life and have it to the full. 
It's just that our definition of that is probably pretty different than his because Mm -hmm. he also says, if you want to follow me, you've got to deny yourself. You've got to pick up your cross daily. You've got to say no to yourself. You've got to die to yourself. Unless a kernel falls to the ground and dies, that you know you don't get the new life. That there has to be some sort of humility, humiliation, uh, and repudiation of part of me that is impeding my best self mm-hmm. in, in order for me to get to the, my, my best self. Uh, and I think that's... And the problem, I think, in the church, right, you know, now, you know, one of the problems is a lot of the lang- a lot of the words are the same, but the true Christian meaning of them is pretty different than our cultural meaning, which is often just more of me, you know, more of me out loud, more of me expressed, when there's parts of me that you probably need less of, and I need less of. Mm-hmm. And that's, unless I address those parts, then I'm not really being transformed. I'm just getting bigger and louder and maybe richer and whatever. Uh, and I think that's not so, so do I want that? If that's, if that's what transformation is, do I really want that? Mm-hmm. Uh, and probably it's fair to say, and accurate to say, no, I don't all, I mean, to be honest, I don't always want that. And that's probably a pretty key point in my own transformation to say, whatever real transformation is, I don't always want it, you know? And, and I'll be willing to live in denial for a long time. You know, you mentioned before the scene from before we started, the scene from Elf, you know, the guy in the mailroom, you know, I've got ideas, you know, nobody listens to my ideas. And yeah. that's, I mean, that's us sometimes where, you know, if I just had an opportunity, well, you know, Maybe your ideas got you to the mailroom. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe you need to take another look at right. yourself. Right, right. <laughs> you know, maybe being in the mailroom is impeding. You know, people listening to your ideas, and um, maybe that's something to look at. And you know, just step one: get instead of trying to be noticed. Step one is do the best job in the mailroom, and maybe get work work your way out of the mailroom, and then maybe you'll have something different to say. Um, then, you know, so, but that, we don't want to hear that. I mean, we do not want to hear that. We want to think of ourselves more highly. Well, I think, I think too, um, bring a little bit of Enneagram conversation here. America's a three country, an unhealthy three country. And so we are very concerned with image, success, winning, and you, we pay the winners. We pay the rich, yep. famous, sexy, powerful, those people get paid and everyone in some form or fashion sort of admires them because that's the cultural mm-hmm. Kool-Aid. Here's the challenge. There is a huge difference between love and admiration. And if I'm just sh- doing my skill set and performing and putting out um, things that are getting me admiration, but it's not love for who I really am as a person, I'm going to be incredibly lonely, incredibly lonely. Because skill sets and talents and gifts, they will get you admiration, but we often confuse the two. And then we we expect that they'll get us love, but they won't because it's just me, you know, performing. Yeah, it's conditional. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's going to go away sometime. Yeah, it's going to go away. Somebody else is going to be more or better uh, and your star is going to fade. Yeah, I think that's right. I think... um, 
you know, I think you say three in Enneagram three, you know, three is the performer or the achiever. Uh, and I do think that's a, uh, you know, and the, 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 the downfall of the three is to associate yourself with your value with performance or achievement or whatever. Right. Uh, and that's certainly the case. Um, all right. Well, let me, let's, let's, um, let's talk about our wee little man, uh, you know, first, uh, solid. <laughs> solid. uh, and you know, the, his personal transformation or, or you know, h- how we view it. And, and so it's Zacchaeus It's Luke 19, uh, starting in verse one. And we read Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter. He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anyone out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Um, okay, let's just let's talk a little bit about that passage and, and maybe connect it to some of the, what we were saying before. Um, so who's Zacchaeus? Why? What's the deal about a chief tax collector, very wealthy? What does that imply about old yes. Zac? So Rome hired Jews who would collect taxes from, it was smart on the Roman Empire, they hired Jews who would collect taxes from their own people and Rome would pay them, but then would also give them freedom to charge extra to the of their people and pocket that money and so Zacchaeus is rich not because he's getting paid from Rome but because he's overtaxing his people and so you can just imagine the hatred that people have uh, traitor you're not just you're working for Rome but you're you're rich because of us and you're mm-hmm. oppressing he's an oppressor mm-hmm. yeah yeah that can't be good uh, yeah, that it's not only rich because you're, uh, you know, overtaxing. Um, it's a betrayal. It's a denial of identity. Uh, it's, you know, just the worst. It's just the worst. I don't even know if we have a, you know, if we have a, a you know, an equivalent that you know, that would fits. make sense, you yeah. know, that fits. Um, you know, that the people who are denying your heritage, denying your identity, exploiting your people are being joined by one of your people to continue the exploitation, to ease the exploitation. Because it's easier for, obviously, as you said, for the Romans to hire Jews to do it uh, than to do it themselves. And so, um, so yeah, Zacchaeus would have been pretty, pretty unpopular, uh, you know, pretty, pretty hated. Uh, Jesus comes along and... We're not told what the deal with Zacchaeus's interest in Jesus is. You know, we're not really told what brings him to that point where he must climb the tree uh, and get a glimpse of Jesus. Uh, but that's not really explained. But there it is. Um, you know, I, I don't know what, what to say, what more to say about it other than 
we're not told, you know, we don't have the whole story there, perhaps. And the other part might be there's sort of a mysterious, you know, element to it. Uh, obviously, Zacchaeus had more and more and more. And obviously, he was beginning to realize it was not enough. It was not what he wanted. It was not going to satisfy. It was not working, whatever, you know, something, some sort of something led him to this spot in his life. Uh, I'm not wrong about that. We don't know any more about that, right? Yeah, no, we don't. Uh, Bible's silent on that. Yeah, so there's some some element of uh, some recognition that something different is required, which is part of the transformation that we're, we're talking about. Um, so he climbs the tree. Jesus sees him. And, you know, what I think is interesting is Jesus calls him out by name. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, hey, you, generic lost person, um, you know, uh, I'm going to, uh, you know, but he calls him up by name, Zacchaeus, and then he invites himself over for dinner. Yeah. Which, I have a friend that invites himself over for dinner uh, <laughs> a fair bit. I don't think he listens to this podcast, so, um, <clears throat> which is fine. You know, it's all good. Um, and so... Yeah, he invites himself over, which, uh, and then he said, you know, I must stay at your house today. You come down immediately. Uh, I must stay at your house. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. So, what you know, and all the people saw this and began to mutter. He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. So what's, you know, in light of Zacchaeus' identity and role, I mean, what's going on here? And what are the, why are the people muttering? Yeah, this to me, this is the. Um, I'm sure there's a really great word and phrase for this. So that the the most contentious point that people have with Jesus' ministry is the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Um, it's Jesus' table fellowship with tax collectors, prostitutes, and sinners, and it's less about his teaching and more about who Jesus is willing to associate with as a perceived prophet or man of God. And so what they would have understood is Jesus is willing to identify with Zacchaeus as someone who might be able to find the life of God or be acceptable to God. And that's so scandalous for them because he was a moral um, national outcast. And I think to me, there's a bit of a powerful gospel like truth in here is before Zacchaeus says anything about his sin or what he needs to change or anything else, um, Jesus precedes that with an acceptance of who he is. Uh, so I don't know. What do you think? Do you think there's acceptance before Zacchaeus repents? Do you think it's ever reversed? Well, it's or? hard to yeah. It's hard to know exactly when, and maybe that's hard to drive a stake in the ground and say this is the moment of repentance. Mm-hmm. Maybe he was in the process of repentance that was climbing the tree. It's hard to know. Uh, I do think there is that you know there's a mysterious nature to. Uh, he hadn't publicly repented, obviously, and before Jesus said, "I'm coming over to your house. You know, come on down to the tree. I'm coming over to your house." Uh, and so there's this muttering. Um, this, you know, how does grace extend to this person? Uh, and this, the idea of, you know, they were people of the law and grace was not 
as you know culturally or you know kind of probably religiously known uh it was in the law because it's i don't think grace is a complete repudiation of the law but it was just not you know this is a guy who does bad things this is a bad guy you the good person should not be you know mixing up with the bad person um uh, so that's that's part of it for sure uh and you know what parts Jesus' public acceptance of him enables his repentance or cements it if it's already beginning. It's, it's just, that's a little bit hard to know for sure. Um, but it, it does seem to be part and parcel with, uh, you know, acceptance, transformation, salvation that comes to Zacchaeus's house today involves a recognition of who the person really is. Uh, and so my own salvation partly, I mean, that's what repentance is. It's part of it is it's, I'm not fine. It's not working. This isn't great. Uh, my plan A is not working. It's, this is, you know, outwardly he had, it was, I mean, outwardly, in many ways, it was working, but he was, that's not working. So there's part of that transformation that we can definitely see. And as, you know, since we're not in the crowd muttering, we're one of the people celebrating 2,000 years later, uh, Zacchaeus's transformation, it's easy for us to see that, I think. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's easy for us to see it now when people want to be transformed and they're obvious sinners. And I don't know that it's easy for us to see it in ourselves. Like somehow, again, we want transformation without, you know, we want salvation without a repudi- without our, a declaration of need of it in some sort of death to ourselves. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's maybe a culture, is it, is it a cultural notion invading that, that biblical one uh, that, you know, you just be you um, is is not salvation. Uh, and obviously Zacchaeus is saying, I don't want to con- keep being me. And that's, I don't want to keep being me seems necessary. Hmm. Right? Otherwise, what is salvation? But I mean, there has to be some repentance and turning away from in order to turn to. Yeah. Uh, right? Yeah, I think that's true. I mean, if you were to rewrite this text through the lens of kind of uh what we're talking about, um, it would be very different, you know. Um, there wouldn't be a, a turning away from the greed for Zacchaeus. It would be, you know, Jesus has come to make me better and, I don't know, maybe more wealthy and mm-hmm. expand my platform. Like, I've got a platform right. now. I need to keep right. using it. Um, so, Zacchaeus, yeah. come down from that tree. I'm going to invite you to a brand enhancement seminar yeah. that I'm leading. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's right. I think there's something okay. Well, something about me that I don't need to keep being. Yeah, yeah, right, right, I, I, right. I, I, I'm sounds, in the mailroom in yeah. some, you know, in some metaphorical part of my life. Like this, it, it does seem that's an obvious statement. But we somehow want to have salvation, transformation without it. Mm-hmm. We want to grow as a person without examining parts of my life that need to be diminished or killed mm-hmm. off or whatever. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that's, and that's the other part was, is Zacchaeus says, you know, I'm going to pay back all this money, the people I've defrauded. I'm going to give this money to the poor. I'm going to pay back people I've defrauded. Um, and I think we're not totally sure what to do with that. Uh, if I'm honest, like, oh, what do, like, oh, what am I supposed to be doing? You know, is there a, is there a price I'm supposed to pay here? I mean, what, like, what is it, what am I supposed to be doing here? I don't want to think he has to do that to be saved. And so we say, well, no, he's saved and he's doing that as a fruit of his, you know, transformation, which is true. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if we can say that sometimes with a self-protective air, which lets me have salvation with no apparent uh, response like this. Right. Well, and I think the the challenge is we don't we, we we get into trouble when we try to lay clear systematics or too concise systematics over the text and we don't like mm-hmm. you said earlier, we don't really know. We don't really know the moment of conversion for Zacchaeus. We don't right. really know um, what's going on in his declaration. All we know is that he does in his understanding of what of what who Jesus is and what Jesus has already revealed himself to be in, in his teaching in person, Zacchaeus knows I've got to change something. Like mm. this, I can't keep living like this, right. um, and I need to change. Yeah, and then I think you know, there's no requirement that he does that he gives to the poor. There's no requirement of a certain amount of money, or there's no requirement to this or that. He does this freely as part of his repudiation of his old way of living. Like, I don't want to be that person anymore. I want to be the person who pays the money back and who gives to the poor. Um, And that's, you know, an interesting part of uh, the, another part of trans uh, transformation, which I think we can kind of shortchange or look away from is, you know, transformation should change what I want. It's not a question of how much less of what I want should I get if I'm being transformed. I mean, that's partly going to be the case probably. Um, But at some point it should begin to change what I want. Like at some point, I don't know that I want just brand enhancement. Right, right. Yeah, well, you see some of this, and I'm not necessarily saying it's conversion, but you see some of this in in some of the stars' careers and lifestyles. I was watching this documentary on a famous uh, skateboarder the other day, and he was skating since he was like eight and basically had everything. And now he's in his 30s, and so he kind of went through this m- maturing process, um, I would say, and now he says, you know, it's... I realize it's about more than that. And so he's created like um, charities, nonprofits. He creates skate parks for um, uh, handicapped kids, like all this stuff. And there's a transformative move of it's not just about me being famous anymore and me being wealthy. It's about I realize that I'm just a part of something larger and I'd like to give back. And mm-hmm. And he did he did mention something about faith, but that happens in other people's lives. I'm not saying it's conversion, but that that should be an aspect I think of conversion, where their des- the desire becomes larger than me. 
it, it, I start to like to full circle where we started. I don't see myself as an individual that everybody is to support and lift up. I see myself as a part of the whole where I am to give back and to be generative mm-hmm. and to say, well, how, how can I make the world around me, people around me, how can I invest and, and make it better? Like, I think that's key. Yeah, I think that's right. I don't think this is unique to a spiritual transformation. You know, to our earlier point, all transformation, if it's going to be something actually different, has to involve some level of, I want less of what, what's going on now. Not just more of something else. I, I want less of something that's going on now. And I come to want that because uh, it's not working. It's not fulfilling. It's all the things I thought it might give me. It's not all of that stuff. Uh, and I think that's part of the transformation process that we have to embrace is it's not just me getting a more, a better, bigger, faster, stronger. Uh, as part of me has to be less uh, and be, you know, repented of, turned away from, and, and repudiated. Um, and so there's one more than connection that I want to make that is part of the strain is that if that's really the case, I mean, part of the reason they're muttering about Jesus welcoming Zacchaeus or inviting himself over to his house is this, there's a difference between, there's an essential difference, not just between Jesus and Zacchaeus, but there's an essential difference between me and Zacchaeus. It would be fine if Jesus came to my house, but not Zacchaeus's house. Uh, and in other words, I'm better than, I mean, there's no other way to say it. I'm better than Zacchaeus. So Jesus should be coming to my house or I'm more acceptable or I'm, you know, holier, better. And so, yeah, him coming to my house would be fine, but not Zacchaeus's house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think the whole spirit that, that this whole, you know, uh, ethos of transformation is undermined by, I have to pretend I'm one of the people that it's not scandalous that Jesus comes over to his house to. Mm. And then, right? Mm-hmm. And part of that is pretending that somebody else is more scandalous. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's a struggle that, no, it's, scan- it's for me to be transformed is kind of scandalous. And Zacchaeus is not a special case. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think to, to say it, uh, a, maybe a, similarly, but a little bit differently, is I think we're supposed to identify with someone in this story. And let's just get Jesus off the table. <laughs> um, so, so Zacchaeus, or maybe all the people. Right. And I'm one who is muttering and thinks, well, you, hmm. it'd be fine if he said, let's go to Chad's house, but it's not mm-hmm. fine because he said, let's go yeah. to Zacchaeus' house. Yeah, obviously. Right. Right. That is so, correct. Yeah. And I do, I do think that's a that's sometimes a helpful question to ask when we're reading a, a, a narrative and like, who am I in this story, mm-hmm. really? Uh, we want to think about, oh, isn't Jesus nice? Yeah. You know, <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> what a he nice even guy. went to Zacchaeus' house. What a nice guy. Uh, <laughs> you know, I should go to Zacchaeus. I mean, that's that's the lesson we take. Um, and there's part of that. But, you know, that, 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 that there's not a very big difference between Zacchaeus and I is not the point we want to take. We want to mutter. Uh, and I do think that's, 
that's part of the scandal of the church. Uh, you know, Paul writes First Corinthians nine. You know, to the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To you know the you know to all of these I, to 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 the blank. I became like the blank mm-hmm. in order to win the blank. I identified with. I associated with. I went to their house. I didn't separate from or distinguish myself from. I, you know, I found the common ground and I entered in in order to win them, in order to bring them to salvation. Um, and there is a certain amount of scandal that's still there for us today that we want to say, I don't want to imply that I have their political views. I don't want to imply that I have their cultural views mm-hmm. or their views of sexuality or gender or, you know, whatever it might be. I don't want to imply endorsement of their views so i want to keep a distance a safe distance so everyone knows i'm not like them yep. uh, and i think that's completely antithetical to our calling and to our mission but also to what affects transformation not only in that person but in me because i'm not that different i mean i'm different in in some ways uh you know, in that the, the parts of me that need to be diminishing are different maybe than somebody else. But um, but I, do, I think that's another hard one to, like there's no essential difference between me and Zacchaeus here. Uh, the details of transformation are different, but it, you know, I need mm-hmm. to be, I need to enter into that world of that other person because I love them, to identify with them in order to bring them to the gospel. In order to do that, I have to not be so worried about other people getting the wrong idea about, oh, I guess Mike thinks this now because he went over here, uh, which is what Jesus faced all, as you said, get back to the beginning. That's the scandal of Jesus's ministry is he kept identifying and associating with the wrong people. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're called to do. Uh, and it's not, and he actually was different, you know, he actually was different from Zacchaeus. And he was willing to do it. We're not, really. Yeah. Uh, and so, and I think that's just a hard pill for us to swallow. Uh, I would never think that. I would never do that. Maybe, but you'll do something else. <laughs> right. Right? Yeah. Yeah, and, 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 you know, we look at the news lately and you see, you know, it, everybody getting called out. Mm-hmm. Everybody, you know, politicians getting called out, um, Christian leaders getting called out. Um, and there's things that are being said and done that these people may have said and done that, you know, it's, they're hurtful, they're damaging, all of that, all the above. The problem is, is that if I'm not scandalized by my own sin, by my own need for redemption, then it's going to be really easy for me just to call everybody out. Like, this is yep. the crowd. And Zacchaeus is the everybody else who, right. yeah, well, you guys did this and you guys did. And the reality is I'm capable, I'm probably up to it now, and mm-hmm. I'm capable of doing the exact same things. Right. Yeah, and I think that's, I personally think that's one of the impetuses of this, of a call-out culture is I, I get to call you out instead of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yes, you can imagine Zacchaeus of, you know, there was social, you know, everybody would be throwing Zacchaeus's social media history, you know, uh, up and, uh, you know, this is what he said and this is what he did and this is what, whatever, whatever, whatever. Uh, 
And all of it, would, here's the thing, all of it would be true. Yep. And Jesus knows all of it. He doesn't need the social media history. He knows all of it at a deeper depth than any of us ever knows. And he says, hey, I'm coming over to your house today. Mm. Hey, salvation has come to your house today. That's what grace is. That's what uh, I love it's about not grace. A, that's what I love about I'm grace. I'm seriously yeah. like that. Yeah. It's just so countercultural. Like that's the that's what's attractive about grace. Like Jesus knows it all anyways. He's seen all the social media history. He's he's and it's all true. It's all and true. yet he says, "I'd like to go eat with dinner with you." Mm-hmm. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go hang. Yeah, and then I am that. I'm just a different version of that person. You know, and who am I to withhold grace to whom grace is, you know, extended and undeserved? Uh, and I th- again, that's the scandal. That's the scandal of the gospel. Uh, it is, is, is it's, it is scandalous. I mean, literally what creates a scandal now, uh, Jesus knows more than be- no more and better than everyone, and yet he still extends grace and asks us to identify with that person uh, and extend grace as well. So... Um, we probably we probably need to land it uh, land this plane here. Uh, I do think you know often I say grace and peace, um, and you know to to experience grace. I do think to understand grace so that we can experience grace. Uh, I do think that probably the biggest impediment of that is our our disassociation with people that we don't want to be identified with, and our therefore walling off grace that we give to other people uh, and to try to be thought of in the right way, looked at in the right way, accepted uh, by the crowd is the single biggest impediment, not just to me giving grace, but to me receiving it because I begin to define grace as me doing the right, me doing the right things, you know, me having the right attitudes, me being acceptable. And it's the opposite of that. Uh, and the more that I can embrace that scandal for me, then I won't mutter. Because, you know, I can mutter uh, about this or that or the other person. Uh, and we have a lot of opportunity. You know, a lot of our culture is set up for us to mutter at the person who is being scandalized. And so um, let's mutter at ourselves. That's the, that's the takeaway. Uh, grace and peace, everyone. Thanks for listening to Rogue Table Talks, a Calvary Church media productions podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts.